Okay, award-winning TMG podcast in three, two. Hello, everybody. It's Tony Barnhart of TMGCollegeSports.com. And welcome back to the weekly TMG podcast after yet another wild weekend of college football. Lots of stuff to talk about today as we wind towards the end of the regular season. Uh, but before we get started, I want to thank our sponsor, APA, APBA, the unchallenged king of realistic, high-quality sports simulation products. I also want to thank David at Revelation Studios in lovely Mansfield, Texas, for putting this all together. Well, let's get started. Let's call the roll from lovely Sichuan, Mass. It is Mr. Mark Blauschens. How are you doing, Mark? I'm doing fine, Tony. How you doing? Yep, we got a lot to talk about. And for the from the Windy City, the lovely Chicago area, where I'm sure it's quite nippy right now, Mr. Herb Gould. Actually, we got golf weather, Tony. But yeah, oh. it's good to be. Uh, <laughs> don't say, don't say that you're killing me. You're just killing me. And from uh, New Jersey, Mr. Tom Lucci joins us. Mr. Lucci? Tony, how are you? Ready to go? I am, I am good. I just can't believe we've got two more Saturdays, two more Saturdays left, and we and we are done on the season of all seasons. But we'll talk about that in a little bit. It's uh this is one of those fun shows, guys, because it's it's very, very clear to everyone where we should start our discussion today. Uh, and, we, and it starts with Ohio State and the fact that the Ohio State-Michigan game was canceled for the first time since 1917. They're not going to play. And that's caused all kinds of problems as to what to do with Ohio State, who is still number four in, in the uh, college football playoff rankings at 5-0. and oh. And uh, it turns out the Big Ten had put together a rule that said, well, you can't play in the conference championship game unless you play six games. So what does the Big Ten do uh, about this? Now, as just before we got started today, folks, there is some breaking news. Uh, Our friends at ESPN are reporting that their sources are telling them that uh, the Big Ten is indeed going to change that rule which requires six games to participate in the Big Ten championship game. That is not confirmed. It must be voted on by a larger body and eventually the presidents and chancellors. So we'll we'll see. But Ohio State may get to play, uh, unless the schedule changes, Ohio State may get to play uh, in the Big Ten championship game next week against Northwestern with only a 5-0 and record. Let's, Mr. Lucci, let's start with you. What – what should ha- What will happen and what should happen as we well, deal with like, Ohio State? Yeah, it sounds like there are multiple reports confirming that the uh, Big Ten has amended its rule, so Ohio State will be playing. Um, I don't know how anybody could be surprised uh, that this happened. Um, they want to get the best team into the Big Ten championship game to uh, position themselves to have the best ch- chance to have a team in the playoffs. Uh, the ACC has manipulated the schedule. I guess the Big Ten can do it. You know, it just seems like everybody's doing it. You know, uh, I, I think I predicted two weeks ago in our on TMG that, that this game, there was a chance this game would not happen. That was two weeks ago because I had a feeling Michigan was going to have a COVID case before this. And I'm not saying it's not legitimate. I'm just saying this was as predictable as the sun rising. 
you know, in the East. And I, to me, I, I thought two two weeks ago. I know Kirk Kirk Herbstreit mentioned uh, mentioned it on the air and got a lot of grief for it. But you know, uh, listen, why, why would you again? As I brought up the point, regardless of COVID issues, why if you're Jim Harbaugh would you want to play this game and lose by fifty points? Your arch rival. <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense. But anyway, that's off topic. I'm not surprised. You know, this is what the Big Ten was headed towards doing the whole time. I don't know if it's right or wrong this season, Tony. All the rules have changed. Well, there's no, there's no question. There, there really are no rules. We kind of have made them up as we've gone along, but that's the nature of the beast. Herb, you're right in the middle of Big Ten country. It, it, before we got together today, it, it seemed as though the Big Ten really had two options uh, to, help, to help if they were going to help Ohio State. They could have juggled the schedule and found another game for Ohio State to play, which would have gotten to six, or do what they're apparently doing, uh, which is just to simply change the rule. I, I thought it was a dumb rule in the first place, Herb, because it was a dumb rule in the first place because the college football playoff committee, they set no minimums. There was no minimums at stake. They said, hey, bring your record to the table. We'll, 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 we'll look at it and figure it out. But the Big Ten... Ultimately, Herb, why did the Big Ten put this rule in place at all? Why does it? Why did it need to be there? Well, you know, Tony, your your guess is as good as mine on that. I, I think there was some sort of sense of fairness, but you're right. I mean, dumb, arbitrary, obviously going out the window. Um, you know, I I know that I, I've been hearing from a lot of my friends around the league and 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 especially in Chicago and. They're appalled. You know, I'm, I'm sort of surprised that people are surprised. Mm-hmm. There, there's a real economic crisis here in college sports. And, you know, they don't want to talk about that because nobody wants to hear about that. But, you know, you need you need to put your best foot forward for this football playoff from a from a financial standpoint. And more importantly, and you talk about it a lot. I mean, the idea I think you mentioned Mike had that conversation with Mike Slide years ago. The idea is to get the four best teams, and we have an, an assumption that that the Ohio State is one of the four best teams. Because they've played fewer games, we're not entirely certain of that, and it may not be true, but they did beat Indiana. I mean, that's why I don't have a problem with this. The fact that they won the head-to-head, now, the rule was dumb, as you said, or, or certainly arbitrary, but this is a, a, a season without precedent. You know, everybody's sort of making it up as they go, and I don't have a problem with it. You know, I, I think they could have made it a little smoother if they could, you know, if in fact Indiana, which has paused, didn't play, wasn't able to play this weekend. You know, if you could ship Purdue over to Columbus on Saturday then you could end some of the controversy. But regardless, I, I have no problem with Ohio State sliding into the uh, the championship game. And the other part about this is that, yes, it would deny Indiana the chance to win a Big Ten championship, which it's only done twice in its history. But Indiana, if it, if it plays Iowa in the plus one game and does well, Indiana has a very good chance to to move up to a New Year's Six game, a Fiesta Bowl. So you know it's not it's not like you're really shutting the door on the Hoosiers. But that said, you know they're entirely right to be upset about it if this what we think hap- is going to happen happens. Well, Mark Mark Blossom, I mean, you know everybody 
assumes that Ohio State's better than Indiana, and actually they proved it on the field, a 42-35 to 35 game, which Ohio State actually led 35-7. to 7. But by changing the rules, the rules, according to the rules, Indiana would have gotten that berth in the Big Ten championship game. I, does Indiana just simply go, well, we're going to take one for the team? Or how, how are they supposed to feel about this? Well, they're not going to be happy, but, but unfortunately for the Big Ten, they, they've had precedent, as we, we saw a couple of years ago when, when Penn State beat Ohio State uh, head-to-head, won the division, and, and, and got passed by Ohio State into the Final Four. So, I mean, the Big Ten knows how to change rules around and, and, and plays by its own rules. The problem Ohio State's going to have, Tony, I, I think, guys, is that let's, let's say if they don't think – I think they better play a game on Saturday, even if it's not Michigan. They better find a game because – Let's let's say they they they're they're idle they're they're idle this week and then they play uh, Northwestern and say it's say it's a seventeen thirteen win or something like that unimpressive win, I think it's going to be tough for that committee that that they take an Ohio State team that's six and zero no matter what people say over a nine one A and M team or or even a a surgeon Iowa State team you know or or you know that play a full schedule and, and say you know. You know, do you deserve to be in to be in a, in a final four to play in half a half a season? I think that's a, the level the committee have to deal with. Well, I think you're right about that because Gary Barta, the uh, the uh, the chairman of the selection committee, he's the AD at Iowa. He said yet again, he said because he gets asked about it, he says, "Look, we certainly will take into effect into account how many games a team plays. Uh, technic- technically, the committee's simply supposed to look at." the the schedule up to that point and make their assessments. Well, the fact that they kept Ohio State in the fourth slot uh, in the in the new rankings tells us that hey, they believe that right now the body of work is good enough to be in the four hole. But when we get to the very end, is what I find kind of fascinating. And what happens on Championship Saturday? So, Mark, you believe that not only does does the Big Ten need to change the rule, but they need to give themselves a little breathing room by finding a yet another game uh, for Ohio State to play? Because six and zero as a Big Ten champ and seven and zero as a Big Ten champ could there could be a wide difference in those two things, right? Yeah, yeah, they could be, and and everyone's saying they did they did they did beat Indiana, but it was by one touchdown at home, so it's hardly an impressive win. And so you look for the quality wins on Ohio State's schedule, and you and you go. Well, where are they? There aren't any. I mean, I mean, Indiana's a good win, but but that's that's about it. And so I think they, they need more they need more uh, data to help themselves, and they need, they need impressive wins. So I, let's, let's see what happens. Tom Lucci does is a six and zero Ohio State as the Big Ten champion. Are they a lock to get in, or do you have doubts? Uh, I would still have a couple of doubts about it as a. As I mentioned, the, the, certainly the win against Indiana matters. It wasn't home. It was by a touchdown. They did give up almost 500 yards passing. There are negatives to look at. Um, uh, yeah, and Northwestern, I don't know how, and like Mark said, if it's a close game, I don't know how much that enhances Ohio State's resume. I don't know if it's enough. Um, it's going to be interesting, but let's, let's be honest, Tony. We, we saw the latest college football rankings. These are not college football rankings. These are power five rankings. Right. And let's be perfectly honest about this. You can see it by the, you know, I don't want to go off to a ramp, but Cincinnati <coughs> play, you know, you have uh, Iowa State, which I happen to think is a very good team. 
um, 10, point, 10 spots ahead of Louisiana, which has a better record and beat them head to head at Iowa State. Mm-hmm. I, you know, so yes, I think it's going to be enough because this is a power five college football playoff rankings. I think Cincinnati got the message last night, fellas. <laughs> they, they didn't play yet again uh, last week. Their game with uh, Tulsa this week has been canceled. They're still going to play Tulsa in the championship game. But the fact that they dropped, uh, I think, tells you all you need to know about Cincinnati's chances. So, you know, Texas A&M has got a, a little problem to deal with now, guys. Their game with Ole Miss, which was, you know, going to be a pretty good game, looks like it's going to be canceled. And so uh, Texas A&M will end up finishing if they if they win uh, next week. Uh, they will have a chance to finish eight and one instead of nine and one, and I, I don't know, I don't know about how that's going to turn out for the Aggies. But, but let's let's go over a couple of scenarios here uh, as we look at it. Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson, Ohio State, Texas A&M, and Florida are the top six. If, if Florida loses to Alabama, if Alabama was, if Alabama beats Florida and Notre Dame beats Clemson then that's going to make it really interesting. Then all of a sudden you're bringing in teams like Texas A&M, like Iowa State, things of that nature. But I'll ask this to the group. Florida beats Alabama. All right, let's let's break it into small parts. Florida beats Alabama. Do Florida and Alabama both get in, Mark Blauschen? Yes, without question. Notre Dame – Lose this to Clemson. Clemson is going to play Notre Dame again, 47-40 to 40 game at South Bend without their quarterback, Trevor Lawrence. They get a rematch in Charlotte, 90 minutes from the Clemson campus. Uh, Clemson beats Notre Dame. Doesn't blow them out. Good game. Clemson beats Notre Dame. Herb Gould, does Notre Dame and Clemson both get in? Well, I'm going to have to disagree with Mr. Blauchin on the overall concept here. I know where you're going with this. Can we get to four, uh, you know, two ACCs and two SECs and leave out an unbeaten Ohio State? I would say no, because I think ultimately this should be a national tournament. That's going to give the committee a very tough call, I would admit. You know, I guess basically what you're saying is, you know, a choice between maybe an A&M and a Notre Dame for that for that fourth slot, but no, I, I don't think you shut out an uh, an unbeaten Ohio State, whether six and zero, seven and zero, and then you're going to have to make some decisions with that that scenario you're talking about. Does, is it Notre Dame or is it Texas A and M? Uh, if they're the ones that are you know battling for that fourth slot, and I don't know the answer to that. That's a tough one. No, th- this is what guys. This is what I'm getting at, and I'm going to ask Tom Lucci this question: Clemson beats Notre Dame. Alabama beats Florida, uh, or Florida beats Al- beats Alabama. Really, your choices for that number four spot are going to be uh, Notre Dame or Ohio State. Okay, do you do you beat do you put, keep a Notre Dame in there? Do you, do you keep Ohio State in there with six and zero, or do you keep a Notre Dame team that's uh, uh, ten and one? That's the question that I have, Tom Lucci. I, no, I think it's an all ACC, all SEC matchup. Then I don't, I don't know. We've talked about this scenario before about the potential for three Power Five conferences being left out. Uh, and again, I, I think Notre Dame's uh, resume is, is strong enough at this point 
that uh, they would get in with the loss. I certainly think Alabama's resume is, is strong enough at this point that they would get in the, with a loss. So I, I don't I don't see that a path for Ohio State there, you know, when they're going to hang their hat on beating Indiana at home by a touchdown after giving up almost 500 yards. Uh, I don't know if that's good enough. Well, you know, here's ultimately the reason why I think Ohio State needs to get to 7-0 if they can, <laughs> maybe not to. But if, if you're sitting there on the committee – and Alabama loses to Florida. There's no way you're dropping Alabama out. They've been too dominant. Alabama won a national championship uh, as an at-large team in 2017. So that's number one. All right. Clemson beats Notre Dame. Clemson is obviously in as the ACC champion. Now, you, now you're getting down to interesting stuff. Uh, uh, you got Florida. You've got Alabama. You've got Clemson that are locked in. So your choices are really going to be Notre Dame at a at a ten and one with a win over Clemson, who's your number two, probably your number one seed. Your choices are going to be Notre Dame, uh, a six and zero Ohio State, and an eight and one Texas A and M. I follow you, partner. I understand where you know the, it's a national tournament, and they would not like to leave out three of the power five power five conferences. But I can't I can't see this committee putting in a six and zero Ohio State over ten and one Notre Dame. Well, yeah. you, you know, I just I just think that the emphasis on games played in a pandemic year is, you know, I, I, I disagree. I think it's a national tournament, but more importantly, I think if that does happen, you're going to see a very quick movement to an eight team tournament. Oh, well, <laughs> you, you, you really, you really got to get there. I mean, we're, what this is what we're seeing. I mean, I've, I've been beating this horse for about 25 years that an eight team tournament makes perfect sense because you win your conference and you advance. And now there's a couple, you know, whether there's two slots or three slots now, you know, then it's a very neat package if you do it that way. And it's really only two more games and one more weekend at this point. Uh, you know, we'll see. I, I just don't think that they're going to leave out an undefeated Ohio State. And I don't know that that's necessarily right based on what they do on the field. But I, I just think that there are other forces at work here. And I, you know, if the shoe were on the other foot and we were talking about the SEC with a short season and an undefeated Alabama that had only played, you know, fewer games, we wouldn't be, you know, we wouldn't be thinking about it. You know, it just, I just think that an undefeated Ohio State is going to be in. I don't know, Herbie, I agree with the concept of it, but, but. Against most teams, but against Notre Dame, that has only lost to Clemson. And 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 so so then you break it down. Who is who is Ohio State beaten, and who is Notre Dame beaten? Well, I it could be you know. I think it's the other aspect of it. Well, it will it will sort itself out. I mean, I, I don't you know I, I just I don't see a way. You know what it. it Let's just see how it plays out. I'll just yeah. leave it at that. <laughs> well, I did one thing to it, Herb. I did one thing to it. The committee's going to have to compare Ohio State's six games against all other teams that have played at least 10 during this pandemic. I don't know if that's a factor. I would think it would be. That's, that's where I would come from on that. 
I agree. You know, Alabama played play nine. They're going to play SEC championship. Notre Dame's played ten. Clemson's played ten. Florida's played nine. They're playing that. So they're all going to play ten games. Ohio State at most is going to play six. I have to think that that's going to factor in at some point. And Luke, that's what that's why Ohio State has to play a game on Saturday, no matter what. They got to find. They got to get them a game on Saturday. We're going to play well, a and I was told they wanted to play Maryland, and Maryland wanted no part of it. They just want to play Rutgers. You know, yeah, well, okay. the, well, the game with, with Ohio State that they didn't get to play, but Maryland just won any part of it. It's too short notice. You know, they're, they're getting ready to play right now. Uh, they just don't want to do it. Uh, well, tough, tough. You know, when I'm, you know that, that, that's one. That's one of those when you got to pick up the phone and call Maryland and say, you know what, you got to yeah. take one for the team. Well, that's, yeah, that's you're getting fifty million dollars a year to play. You know, <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> I don't know. Well, that's a that's a tough call. I heard, and I agree with I agree with your concept, Terry. But but I mean that's 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 a nice world. But I, I don't I don't know in this case. Well, 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 that was Ohio State versus A and M. Without question, Ohio State would win that battle. But Notre Dame, I, man, I don't know. Well, the other part is we need to see exactly how it it plays out. And, and the other part is that if it if it does turn out that Ohio State is left out, I, I really believe that you know that's going to be. A, a tremendous motivation to get away from this, you know, I mean, talk about arbitrary, you know, you got like a committee sitting there deciding, I mean, we've been moving away from that for decades, let it be decided on the field and realize that an 18 playoff is not a big deal at this point. It's actually, it's, it's, it would be, it would have been great to do it this year. You know, you would have included, you know, a Cincinnati or, um, you know, a, a, a worthy group of five, you would have had a couple of worthy runner-ups and, you know, it would have, it would have raised more funds. It wouldn't, and they're not playing too many games this year, even, you know, by comparison with, you know, the 10 game people are still playing a few fewer games than they would have ordinarily. So, uh, you know, we'll see. I mean, I, I may be wrong, but I, I just think that you're going to have, you know, there's, there's going to be some pressure from television and uh, you may be right. I mean, Notre Dame and versus Ohio State is a tough one, but you know we need this is just calls. This is begs for an 18 playoff. Oh, I, I agree with you 100 on that one. Right, you're right. Well, here's the thing, guys. I, I, I I've spoken to some one of the one of the sports sports marketing guys that I know, very very smart. He told me that you said you know when you have something like this, like this pandemic. What it does is it takes trends that were things that were already trending in one direction and accelerates them uh, to 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 where they eventually were going to go. And I think the 18 playoff is one of those things. Uh, people are been dug in their heels about it, but I think Herb's right. There's going to be pressure to go to eight, not only because of these controversy, but the sheer dollars and cents. Somehow they've got to try to make up, make more money next year than they did this year, uh, and that the obvious choice is to make the postseason package, the playoff, worth more money. Mark Blaston, you got a problem with an 18 playoff? No, I've, I've been, I've been like Herb. I've been advocating that for years because I mean it's, it's fair. You got, you got it's, the system was was unfair to start with because you had four spots with five champions, and they, they never had to deal with. Five undefeated Power Five conferences, God forbid, but but it, it was you couldn't make it work. So with 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 eight, you, you got guaranteed spots for all five plus the three at larges. And then if you're complaining about eight or nine, well, let them, let them argue about that. But for the most part, I mean, you're not going to have too many major arguments about who's getting left out. 
Well, it's going to be uh, to be determined. So, so Mark Blaster, you're saying that even with all this stuff, the Big Ten really needs to find somebody else for Ohio State to play on Saturday. For yeah, just uh, yeah, I think I think Ohio State needs games on its resume for, for the committee to look at with impressive wins. So they they better find find a way to to have Ohio State play a game. You know, whether it's like Luce says, make them let Maryland make them make Maryland play. The game was supposed to be played, and and it was called off because of Maryland issues, not Ohio State issues. So tough, too tough. Let them play. I don't know. But we will watch for the rest of the week on that. Let's touch quickly, guys, on the Heisman Trophy. Uh, we've talked about Mac Jones and Kyle Trask and the fact that they're going to meet in the SEC championship game. We're talking about Trevor Lawrence, of course, having a chance to now play Notre Dame when he missed out the first times around. But, guys, I'm telling you, if there's a better football player than Devontae Smith from Alabama, I don't know who who is. This guy was just phenomenal <coughs> the other night. So, Tom Lucy, let me start with you. What, where are you on, on your Heisman picks right now? If you, had, if you had to vote today, who would you vote for? If I had to vote for today, I'd probably go uh, Trask, um, Mac Jones, and then Devonta. I mean, that, that catch was just spectacular. You know, and, and the funny thing is, Tony, that, that one touchdown catch, that one-handed, falling backwards, ridiculous catch, and it's, it's number five on his highlight film. You know, I mean, the, the guy's just amazing. And I was, I was telling Mark earlier, I think it was Mark earlier today, I said, I'm the only team in the country that can lose the best receiver in the country and still have the best receiver in the country. Well, that's what's amazing. Yeah, yeah we all assumed that when Jalen Waddle got hurt for Alabama, there was just, you know, they were going to take a step. No, take a step down. No, absolutely. Devont, Devontae Smith became the guy. And you guys will remember, Devontae Smith is the guy that caught the, the walk-off touchdown against Georgia in the national championship game in 2017. And little little did we know that night, he was just getting started. He has been absolutely unbelievable. What about you, Mark Blaston? What's your Heisman list right now? Well, I'm, you know, I, I'm going to leave it blank until until, until uh, next next week because I, I, I really don't know. I, I, here's the game I'm interested in. I want to see Trevor Lawrence play against Notre Dame. I mean, I, people have sort of yep. knocked him off the top of the list because he's been hurt. And he hasn't played that many games. I want to see when crunch time comes and he has to play a game, what he does. The other guys have had performed in big games, so I want to see what happens. And then, you know, then, then we go into the non-quarterback issue, which is going to be tough for, for anybody because it's, it's going to be a quarterback award. So it's going to take some spectacular uh, numbers by, by Harris to, to, to get into the mix at the end and, and then one game. So that'll be a tough call, but we'll see. Very good. And Herb, what about you? Who who do you like for the Heisman right now? Well, I, I think that it it's going to come down to, you know, who plays. There's about five guys in there that names have been mentioned. Uh, you know, I'm looking at Ian Book, uh, Trask, Max Jones, uh, you know, Trevor Lawrence, who's sort of, you know, been there for so long, we take him for granted. Uh, you know, the Alabama's got three guys that you could, that you could look at. Um, uh, it just depends on who shines, you know, in the, the final game before they play, uh, before we vote. And and the other thing I would say is, you know, it's crossed my mind that, you know, the Heisman has become such a quarterback award. It's very hard for me to vote for a receiver. I, it just, I just feel like it's a quarterback award and it's almost like a write-in candidate, you know, unless there's a real momentum out there. You know, I wouldn't mind seeing, I, I don't know how they would do it. 
but it's almost like maybe there should be more than one Heisman trophy, you know, because, you know, they do this in baseball. You have a Cy Young and an MVP, you know, there just needs to be more of a way to acknowledge running backs and receivers and even defensive players, because the Heisman trophy is just so occupied by quarterbacks. All right, let's let's hit a couple of headlines before we wrap up the show today, and then we're going a little bit long today because this, hey, this is a good show. We've got a lot to talk about. Shane Beamer has been hired as the head football coach at South Carolina. Uh, Shane, of course, is the son of the uh, Hall of Fame coach Frank Beamer. Uh, Shane's coached; he's coached at four different SEC schools. He was with uh, uh, Steve Spurrier at South Carolina when they had those three straight eleven-win seasons. Was a big part of that. Coached at Virginia Tech, Georgia Tech, and Oklahoma. Been at Oklahoma for several years now uh, as their top offensive assistant. So this guy is ready. And I'm telling you, it's going to be fascinating to watch how recruiting goes uh, in that part of the world, particularly with the the, uh, juggernaut that is Clemson. That's going to be interesting. Uh, Guys, I wanted to discuss this with you. According to reports, Texas made a run at Urban Meyer, and Urban Meyer said no. Mark Blaschen, Urban Meyer's not going to coach, is he? He's not going to coach again. Well, I, <laughs> I would never say never with Urban. I, I, I just don't, I just don't know that. I mean, I, I, I think probably not, but, but I would not, I would not, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't bet against it. Well, supposedly the 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 money was supposedly north of uh, ten million dollars. Right. And but I just, I just haven't gotten the sense that urban meyer has the fire into i think he's having too much fun and, and i'll bet you that shelly is not real crazy about him returning to coaching because it but we'll see well oh by the way texas, texas has got a coach now by the way i thought i'd mention that so i have a headline for you okay okay some headlines washington cancels this week's uh, which it looks like it might happen, and wins the the uh, Pac-12 North as a result. Is this what we're dealing with now? And on the other this side, this is what we're dealing. Yeah, absolutely. Two unbeaten teams. The Pac-12 won't make a, an accommodation to have them play USC and Colorado. So you're going to have a team that that backed into the Pac-12 North by by taking a week off due to COVID, and two unbeaten teams on the other side. I know it's the Pac-12, but it just seems like, and we tend to overlook them, but it seems like. Of all the messes this year the conference has had, there is this exhibit A of what not to do during a pandemic. And you know what the lesson is, guys? The lesson is don't have divisions, okay? If you have divisions, you are opening yourself up for not being able to get the best two teams in. ACC, you got to give them a lot of credit. When Notre Dame came in, they could have stuck them in one division. <laughs> what if they'd stuck Notre Dame in the same division with Clemson? Now, all of a sudden, Clemson and Notre Dame can't play in the rematch in the ACC championship game. Same thing with, with the Pac-12. They should not have gone to divisions because you got USC and what is it, Colorado sitting out there right. both undefeated. It's, mm-hmm. it's dumb to go to division, not to have division. It's dumb to have divisions is what I'm saying. Right. And USC is going to get in. Because they were able to play one more game, Colorado had one game canceled. And I don't know how that's fair to anybody. We're talking about it not being fair to Ohio State, maybe, you know, because it's not their fault that so many games were canceled. How is that Colorado's fault? I, why wouldn't you make it an accommodation? Just let the two of them play and say, these are our two best teams, and this is going to be our champion. I, I don't understand it. 
well, it, it's it, it's going to be absolutely fascinating to watch. Now, uh, before we get out of here, most of the conference championship games have been set. Uh, the ACC in Charlotte, uh, Clemson versus Notre Dame rematch. A lot of interest in this game, guys. I just saw this note today. The downtown stadium in Charlotte capacity will be 5,240. State law, state law says outdoor events can have to be at 7% capacity, 5,240 seats for that game. Mark Blashen, that is simply weird. Welcome to COVID-19. It just seems like we're going to see a Rose Bowl with no people in the stands. That's going to be weird, too. I mean, the Sugar Bowl, I mean, I, I just, I, I, it's it's the year it is. I mean, that's the year it was. I mean, it's just another, another part of the picture, which is uh, bizarre. Are they going to be in the Rose Bowl in California? That was my question, Luch. The, yeah, what, what, because California is really ratcheting up everything. Even and they even play the game. like they, they allow the teams in. It's well, to be determined. I mean, obviously the 49ers are, you know, have moved out of state. Um, you know, I mean, I, there's other, you know, the other side of that coin is 5,240. That might be 5,240 too many. You know, I mean, I, I think that you let, I think that the, the model of letting uh, some family members and, you know, basically that's about it. You know, some really close followers that should do it i mean when i watch these games from the sec and i see these giant crowds relatively giant crowds at a&m and Ole miss and and uh all around that league it seems you know i just wonder you know just because they're doing it you know do we really know whether that's a good idea do we know that that's not a, a really bad idea i mean this pandemic is just out of control Yep, we'll see. Uh, we'll talk about all of these games next week. Alabama against Florida is set in the SEC championship game. It'll be the tenth time that Alabama and Florida have played. They're only going to have sixteen thousand fans at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. That's uh, that's the uh, the Falcons protocol and the state protocol. Uh, Northwestern and Ohio looks like Ohio State will certainly be there to play Northwestern next week. Oklahoma and Iowa State will play for the Big 12 championship. And we talked about the uh, talked about the Pac-12 championship. Looks like it's going to be USC on one side and and pro- get, I guess Washington, <laughs> based on what has happened. And the AAC, the American Athletic Conference, is Tulsa and Cincinnati. So. Uh, one last thing before we go, Mark Blausen, your alma mater plays North Carolina this week. Then they're yep. supposed to play Georgia Tech next week. Miami's got a chance to finish eleven and one. Only mm-hmm. lost to Clemson. What, right. what does that say about what Manny Diaz has done at Miami? Got a nice job. I, I mean, and as Lucy knows, because I, I make fun of, you know, when when he when he picked them in the, in the top fifteen. I, I was I wasn't convinced that they were going to be that good, and, and they they lived up to their expectations. If they take care of Carolina, uh, I think they got to play Georgia Tech next week because because I I think they're looking at an, at an Orange Bowl game, uh, which is a big deal for Miami. That'll be that'll be fun for them. That'll be a, a nice uh, return for the program back to you know semi semi glamorous status. So it's uh, all good so far. We'll see what happens. Ain't it amazing what you can do? When you get a quarterback and an offensive coordinator that knows how to use him, they get De'Ara King, 
to, to come from Houston. Uh, they hire Rhett Lashley, uh, former SEC uh, coordinator, to do with, and all of a sudden they're sitting there at eleven and one. So, and he's I'll also tell you what, he's also got the Central Florida, or what's his name, in, in his system to transfer, which would be a great story if, if it turns out right. The kid who broke his leg two years ago. I mean, yeah. Uh, so he if he transfers to Miami, uh, interesting story at the very least. So that's it's, well, it's good. I will say this: the less one of we will take away many many lessons from this season. Uh, and not the least of which is that to be a good elite team that's got a chance to play for some kind of championship, you can no longer be average at the quarterback position. You just can't do it. And you have got to be wide open on offense. And and all the coaching changes that we're going to see, most of them will be because they want to – up uh, Kentucky. Kentucky fired their offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach after Saturday's game, even though they won, because they want to go to a more up-tempo, high-flying style of offense. So we will watch and report. All right, guys, that will do it for this week. We will be back next week to discuss everything that's happened, where we are in the playoffs, and to preview the conference championship games as this crazy, crazy 2020 season sort of rolls comes to a close uh, again before we go we want to thank our sponsor APA APBA the unchallenged king of realistic high quality sports simulation products and again we want to thank David at Revelation Studios in Mansfield Texas couldn't do it without you so until next week I'm Tony Barnhart and on behalf of Mark Glauschen Herb Gould and Tom Lucci thanks for joining us on the TMG podcast we'll see you next week Carry on.